Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am your host, Precious D, and with me today is my brother, Texacano G. Say hello to the folks. Howdy, howdy, everybody out there in podcast land. Today, we are discussing Scooby-Doo from 2002. Hey, it rhymes. (laughs) It's in color, and it's 86 minutes. Stars Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Matthew Lillard, Linda Cardellini and Rowan Atkinson and also Isla Fisher. Isla? Was that Mary Jane? That was Mary Jane. Okay. And directed by Raj Gosnell, produced and co-written by James Gunn. James Gunn has come a long way since the days of Scooby-Doo, I'll tell you that much. Yes, he has. Now, Gabriel, you don't really like horror movies, do you? I do not. I am not a fan. I rarely go... I rarely watch them at all. Occasionally zombie movies, zombie shows, but that's a rare exception. Uh, I mean, it's to the point, like in college and film school, I saw The Ring with some film school buddies when it first came out and had to unplug my TV and put it in the closet for a week. (laughs) That's right. You do watch Walking Dead with our sister. I do, but zombies I I can handle. It's more creepy bad guys coming to get you. Or supernatural stuff that really messes with okay. me. Okay, but zombies, ah, eh, you know that's not. Well, maybe you know. should check out Scooby Doo on Zombie Island sometime. <laughs> I might do that. So anyway, that's why I gave you this movie because it's a little more of a softball. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I would not have participated if it was a really scary one. The budget was eighty-four million, and the box office was two hundred seventy-five point seven million. Not a bad investment. Not not too bad. Scooby-Doo first appeared in 1969, and Scrappy-Doo appeared in 1979. Yeah, apparently the Scooby-Doo franchise was having some troubles, and they said, hey, we need something to spice it up, and decided adding Scrappy-Doo would be that extra seasoning that they needed, which actually worked. It um, did. I mean, it was for a, a while. It was a shark jump, but it was... It worked. It was a ratings boost. Well, and apparently, because now I was looking into this a bit uh, in preparation of this. Well, after Scrappy was popular, then they eventually kind of spun it off where it was just Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. And then gave Scrappy all the character elements of everyone else to make up for the difference. So now he was doing the traps and he was doing the, he was the damsel in distress as well as the smart person. And just kind of lost track of the original yeah. vision. And now there's a huge online following of people who are the opposite of a fan club. Death to Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, just total we hate, we loathe, we despise old Scrappy-Doo. We bring this up because Scrappy-Doo turns out to be the villain of the piece. He does. And James Gunn later wrote that he uh, didn't realize that little kids like Scrappy-Doo. Right. And they were quite upset that he turned out to be the bad guy. Well, this was one of my, my problems with the, the film is that it didn't seem clear to me, are they making a movie and rebooting the franchise for kids as a whole new, hey, this is just this fun talking dog that has buddies and they solve mysteries? Or is this going to be a film for adults to take this sort of walk down nostalgia lane? And they didn't seem like they could really make up their minds what they wanted to do with the film. Yeah, well... I read that originally it was going to be a little darker. Also that it was going to be more like the Brady Bunch movie. 
In what respect? I, I I don't know because I read that like in the same sentence as being darker, but the Brady Bunch movie wasn't necessarily dark. Was well, it very self-referential? Uh, kind of... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the Brady Bunch movie sort of has a dark attitude towards the Brady Bunch, but the bunch themselves are not dark. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't know. It seemed like they were playing it fairly straight, but yeah, it was a little unclear. I mean, I think the intention was it would be a nostalgia piece. Right. Although Scooby-Doo's been going almost constantly since he started. Yeah, I believe somewhere they were saying it was one of the longest running, I mean, not consistently in the same way Simpsons is, Yeah, but the longest running cartoon They're constantly retooling and rebooting it. Right. And doing new series. And some of them do try new things like it's just Scooby. There's one version where it's Scooby, Shaggy, and Daphne. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Scrappy's in that one. But then there's one that I think that he is in with Daphne. But Fred and Velma are who knows where, doing who knows what. And then there's some where they bring in the supernatural elements, which we did not care for. No, I was very, if it was meant to be a walk down nostalgia lane for people my age, roughly my age, then they missed the mark of it having actual supernatural elements and not just a really clever ruse by someone in a mask. Yeah, in the original version, they are living in a rational world, a naturalistic world where there is always a rational explanation. Ghosts are not real. It's somebody putting on a hoax right to trick people but over the years one dumbass or another will say hey what if they actually met some ghosts and they'll do like the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo or scooby-doo at the ghoul school or various other nonsense well and they did that in the beginning of the film because then she says oh look i can see the four projectors here and that's how it's done it's like okay cool yes it's the it's like i remember watching as a kid and being like there's no way that wasn't a real ghost because he was flying. And then it's like, well, no, because now we see that there was this rope and pulley system that he was using. Now, now it is true that sometimes the projector and the ropes and things are not acting in any sort of realistic way. Right. (laughs) You could really create that effect. Well, and it's still a cartoon. Right. You know, and one of the things I loved about the film was Matthew Lillard. Yeah. And how committed... From the very get-go, that man was a walking cartoon character, and he sold it and he did it, but it didn't seem like whoever was directing it got everyone on that same page. Yeah. So some people were just approaching it like, I'm here to play a guy, and Matthew Lillard was like, I'm here to play Shaggy, and that's what you're going to get, and he went all out. 100 percent he was the best part of the movie by yeah, far he does a really good job i think and i think linda cardellini also does a pretty good job as velma uh i mean n- not pretty good she does a good job as velma but but to be fair i think both of those characters are more distinctive characters for them to work with whereas fred and daphne are just kind of bleh just bland they don't simple. Ha- yeah they don't have as much personality no or or as distinctive voices Right. I mean, a big part of it was him capturing the voice, which didn't come across as a parody of Casey Kasem, you know, because it, it, it didn't feel like it matched perfectly, like tone wise. Mm-hmm. But as far as the essence and character wise, it was a perfect match. Yeah. yeah. And they, he does so well that they have him do it in various cartoons 
over the years. Right. It's been in many of the cartoon versions. But yeah, we were both pretty annoyed that there's an actual supernatural element. But even once they get to the island, Velma is doing some, hey, I can see the holographic projectors and stuff. So right. They're still doing that for a while until they reveal that people's souls are actually being sucked out of their bodies and put into some sort of cauldron or something. And then are other things being put into their bodies? See, that was some never kind of really Loa, quite some sort of clear. Because like when the when Scooby's spoiler alerts, as I'm sure y'all realize by this <laughs> show, when Scooby's soul gets taken out, he passes out completely. And it's almost as if he were dead. Uh-huh. But the other people's souls have been taken out and they're still like zombies of some sort. You know, they're right. still being controlled and manipulated. It never really talks about how that part works. Right. And granted, okay, it's based on a cartoon. I think... So I don't expect, you know, legitimate quantum physics going on here or anything. But if they were going to introduce a supernatural, magical, otherworldly element, it was just a horrible version yeah. of it to do. They're going to suck out the souls. They're going to drop them in this cauldron. Shaggy's there later and takes his buddy's souls, yeah. but nobody else's. <laughs> movie could have been over if yeah. Shaggy just took a shovel yeah. and started getting all those dang souls yeah. out of there. I think, though, there is supposed to be an idea that some sort of spirits are being put in in their place uh-huh. because there's the training facility. Right. And I think it's to train the spirits to act like humans because they're not going to know how to do that inherently. But then the spirits also could manifest as monsters that if the sunlight hits them would die? Yeah, that was... So I guess those were the things... So they were vampires? Yeah, they... Well, not vampires, but some kind of... Well, right, but vampire-esque because of the sunlight aspect. So they were actual monsters, but they were also a soul that went into the body. Yeah. Like it was just it was it was way more convoluted than it needed to be. Right. Just say okay, there's real ghosts, or instead of this, what would they call protoplasm? Mm-hmm. They were taking their protoplasm from them. Yeah. Just we're taking their souls. We're taking well, their spirits. Keep there's it there's a belief that protoplasm is what ghosts are made of. Uh huh. Like in Ghostbusters, they're trapping the protoplasm in those traps. But so they were taking people's ghosts then out of them. Well, but a ghost would be a, a ghost, a soul, a spirit. I think is all meant to be the same, right? Kind of thing. And it, it was just it was very confusing and awkward. And the fact that once it went into Scrappy Doo, he now grows muscles and gets bigger and gets stronger. And the fact that they kicked him out of a van four or five years ago, and he spent this entire time building this huge empire. Yeah. Just to get revenge, revenge on them when right. they're the ones who can bring him right. down. And I think they could have done... lived a very happy life at Spooky Island doing this scheme. It seemed pretty successful. If he never, he could have just run the. Am- he could have just run the amusement park. Yeah, actually, Mondavarius is a person who Scrappy has kidnapped and shoved in a hole, and then made so, a robot body. Right. So Mondavarius was running an amusement park. Right. And Scrappy just steals it for the purpose of revenge. So in the beginning of the movie, they do. Uh, the wrap Which was up. just it just is ridiculous to me. <laughs> His revenge is looking down and saying, "Wow, all of them lead miserable lives apart from each other, uh-huh. right?" Because they'd broken up. Yeah, yeah, they weren't friends anymore. Right. I don't think any of them were really genuinely happy people anymore. I mean, it doesn't delve into that. Yeah. But clearly, they're happier once they've reunited. Yes. So rather than getting any sort of revenge, he brings together the only people who can take him <laughs> down. Him. Yeah. It was a bad plan. Yeah, it was a horrible plan. plan.
the movie starts off with them doing a wrap up of one of their cases of some kind of clown ghost. And we get a celebrity guest spot uh, from Pamela Anderson, Mm -hmm. who was probably pretty huge at that time. Oh, sure. And um, so this is like the old Scooby-Doo mystery movies where they would meet various celebrities. We get Sugar Ray later trying to seduce Daphne. But he's not being... I guess they're not high school kids anymore in this. They are not, no. But Sugar Ray isn't being presented as... Look, gang, it's Sugar Ray. Is Sugar Ray the band or the person or both? Sugar Ray's the band. Okay. Mark McGrath is the person, yes, I believe his yes, name is. Yes, But he is often referred to as okay. Sugar Ray. But Sugar Ray doesn't seem to be in it as Sugar Ray. See, I thought that was showing how no, successful they nobody were ever, as an island. Nobody ever says, ladies and gentlemen. Sugar Ray there no one performing. Ever, no one ever says, ladies and gentlemen, Sugar Ray. Right. Whereas, don't they introduce Ruben Stoddard in the sequel? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't catch it, but I looked and said, "Oh, clearly, if Sugar Ray was in the first one, whoever's singing right now is." Gonna I think be big. they just. I, I oh, think they just. Ray. We need a band. Let's just get this band. That's there was one band. earlier in the film too, and I didn't look close enough, but that's probably in the sequel. But that was probably a legit band as well. Yeah. Anyway, Pamela Anderson is being the movie guest star at the end of the episode when they pull the mask off of somebody. But then there's some internal conflict because Fred keeps showboating and stealing everybody's thunder and. Mm. So Velma quits, and then Fred and Daphne are both, you can't quit, I quit. Daphne's tired of being the damsel in distress. Scooby and Shaggy, they're perfectly happy, and they're like, uh, no, Scoob, friends don't quit. And they all go their separate ways, except for Scooby and Shaggy stick together, and it cuts to two years later. And mm-hmm. they all get invitations to go to Spooky Island, because supposedly Mr. Mondavarius wants them to solve the mystery of why the kids show up there and then start acting weird. But it, but he's the one that's doing it to them. Again, such a so bad, he's, such a bad, yeah. bad plan. Yeah. I mean, all he really should have done, because they needed Scooby's pure soul, mm-hmm. so that's why I brought him. Oh, right. Just bring Shaggy and Scooby, because yes. they were going to go anyway. Yeah. They wouldn't have solved anything on their own. No, they would not have. And you could have, he could have gotten it all done. Yeah. But bringing yeah. the whole team back together... Was oh god, or one at a time. Mm-hmm. Get Shaggy and Scooby. Cool, you're all powerful. Now bring Daphne out once, mm-hmm. then bring Velma out six months later. Then bring you know. Get them one at a time. Get you get them one at a time. A, Don't get the whole gang together. It's a bad plan. It was a bad plan. I didn't I didn't realize how bad a plan it was till we started talking <laughs> about this, and I'm really upset. I'm disappointed in Scrappy Doo. I'm watching my language. Such a, a bad, bad plan. <laughs> oh, no. We, we swear on this show. It was a shit plan. Yeah. It was a shit plan. It's as shit plan as you can get. Well, but Scrappy sucks, so. Scrappy does suck. Uh, you know, when you set out for revenge, first dig two graves. Or in this case, it would be five graves. <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't heard that one. You haven't? No. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that Shakespeare? I don't think so. All right. But maybe. I think it's Japanese. I figured I would have heard that. I think, it's a, if it was. I think it's a samurai thing. <laughs> Could be. So, um, yeah. Not... Not a great plan, but I did enjoy the performances. Uh, Sarah Michelle and Fred Freddie Prince Jr. were dating at this point. Mm-hmm. They're now married, and they still married, right? But I think they were just dating. They had worked together in "I Know What You Did Last Summer." Okay, never saw it. Scary yeah. movie. Yeah, didn't watch it. It's very much on the screen bandwagon. Oh, I mean, I'm well aware. You know, I, I keep my ear to the ground just as a, a an artist and you know whatnot of, of what's going on so i'm aware that as you what you did last summer exists and there's mm-hmm. multiple franchise and 
you know, could tell you probably a little bit more about than the average Joe. I just haven't seen it. Okay. And you were telling me earlier that Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prinze have been in a bunch of stuff together? Yeah, well, five films in all, including these two. Because he said something about... I, I started looking him up and researching him, and he had a few quotes about things. Um, and one was about, you know, people giving him a hard time about being the second in Freddie Prince Jr. movies. <laughs> and he's like, look, I'm not George Clooney. I'm never going to fill that. He's actually very self-aware from some of the quotes I saw about him. But I'm not sure that in Scooby-Doo, uh, Freddie isn't his second. Right. No, Shaggy's definitely, I would say, the lead, the closest Even. thing to a lead other than the imaginary dog. Yeah. I mean, in, in the film, he's not imaginary, but he did also say something about, you know, where's his life gotten to that he studied theater in his whole life and has done Shakespeare <laughs> And now he's doing fart jokes with an imaginary dog. Right. But he's on uh, Good Girls right now. Is he? Yeah. So he's okay. still, he's working, he's doing stuff. Oh, I'm sure from these from the I mean, Scooby-Doo <laughs> cartoons alone, he never has to work again. Yeah, yeah. And he's got, so he and Freddie Prince both like role-playing games. Uh-huh. And Matthew Lillard has a Dungeons & Dragons company. Okay. They put out deluxe editions of whatever the current adventure is. So you can go in and buy. So does it say Shaggy Presents on no, it no, or anything? No, no, uh, Beetle and Grimm's, I think, is the name of the company. So if you didn't know, you may not realize. Right. No, it doesn't it. say Matthew Lillard Presents okay. or anything. Okay. But you'd you'd go and buy a hardback adventure book for like fifty bucks. They put out a deluxe version that's in a box that has all that information from the book, but then it also has a bunch of props and extra big maps and. That sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like 500 bucks. The second one, they put out like a silver edition that was 250 and a gold edition that was 500. Right. Because they realized 500 was a little steep. Yeah, that's a, I mean, someone's buying them, obviously. They wouldn't still be selling them. uh, Not too long ago, Freddie Prinze Jr. was on the DC Universe thing. Okay. Before they killed it and shoved all that stuff over to HBO, Mm -hmm. they did a little like four or five part series where they were playing the old DC heroes role playing game and uh, Freddie Prinze was one of the players. I wonder and if that means Sarah that Michelle guy, too. I don't know. She wasn't on this particular show. Right. But uh this guy that's I forget his name but he's on um Being Human? I don't know. He was playing a werewolf or a vampire or something. Okay. He's an actor guy who also plays D&D and right. stuff. There's a lot of them around these days. So I, I don't know if the two of them actually ever play together. I mean, I would think they would have at least some sort of decent relationship. They've done yeah. that many films together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they both seem like nice guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, the bit I've, I've seen of Lillard. I mean, I actually watched the first Scream because he was in it. SLC Punk was a really great film that, that he was in that I really, really enjoyed a lot. And yeah, his commitment in this is just of any adaptation of something from like a cartoon to film. Mm-hmm. I personally have never seen anyone give such a great performance as he did. Yeah. He was right on immediately. I was like, yep, that's Shaggy. Yeah. And, and, and with the others, it was like, well, okay, she's wearing, she's a female and she's in purple. Right. And she's staying next to this blonde guy in a white shirt with a ascot. Yeah. So I guess they're Fred and Daphne. Yeah. But he never screamed at me. They never fully, and Velma did it too. She captured yeah. the essence of the character. But, you know, I, I like Freddie Prince and Sarah Michelle. I just felt they weren't giving as solid, committed, and strong of a performance. Yeah. I haven't seen... Linda... And like you said, that may just be the, the source material, yeah. that the characters weren't that strong to begin yeah. with. 
and not much to do with them. I haven't seen uh, Linda Cardellini in much else. A few things here and there. But she was definitely doing a Velma voice. Yes. That's not her. She definitely researched the character, committed to it. I I looked her up because I wasn't familiar with her. So I was like, you know, wanted to, to research this before doing it. And she's done a lot of work since then. Like, even got an Emmy or something uh-huh. uh, a few years back. I can't remember what the film was now, though, or TV series. But it seems like she's become much more active and was maybe kind of the unknown uh-huh. at this point. Probably, out of the four. Yeah. Yeah, she was probably the least known at the time. But she seemed to be working a lot yeah. recently. I mean, she may be a little too hot for Velma. Yes. I thought they threw out, you know, as a kid watching it, 20 years ago, you know, 30 years ago, I felt Velma was supposed to be awkward, unattractive. I mean, that's how they were portraying her. Yeah. And then they have this beautiful woman playing her. Yeah. And it was like, well, just throwing a pair of glasses doesn't make this person <laughs> unattractive. And that was part of her character arc. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, now that we live in a more PC world and whatnot, if they don't want to focus on that, you know, okay, but then just get rid of that element. Mm-hmm. But don't play it up as this is some kind of goofy, awkward person who clearly isn't really that goofy or awkward. Right. Well, and now sexy Velma is a whole thing now. It's oh, yeah. it's a very it seems to be the more popular costume of the two girls just from what I see online. Right. I see a lot of girls doing the sexy Velma but hardly anybody bothering with sexy Daphne. Right. Maybe it just seems redundant. <laughs> yeah. Could be. I mean, people like to take characters that aren't traditionally sexy and make them sexy now with a lot of cosplay it seems. Yeah. yeah. Um which is, you know, a fun angle to take on it. Well, and, you know, Spirit Halloween Store, they'll try to turn anything right. <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Sometimes inappropriately so. Sexy uh, one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Sexy SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yes. So uh, what rating are we going to give this movie? If I'm giving it a rating of this was a film to... I think I'm going to give it the same rating, but I feel like there's two different scales we should be judging on mm-hmm. of... A cartoon adaptation for kids or a trip down nostalgia lane for adults. Mm-hmm. And I think they deserve different rankings, even though I may give them the same ranking. I still want to clarify okay. that they're two different ones. Uh, as an adult trip down nostalgia lane, I want to give it a four, even a 4.5 because of Matthew Lillard. But because they added the element of real monsters and real ghosts it was not a good trip down nostalgia lane for me. It took away from what Scooby-Doo is supposed to be. Uh-huh. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 on a, hey, this is just supposed to be a fun movie for kids. Then I'll give it a four. Okay. I'm going to give it a four, mostly for Matthew Lillard. He was great. Yeah. He, he's he's really great. Uh, seems like an all-around great guy and a committed actor and just a really good performance. And he's one of my favorite parts of Scream as well yeah so well and night and day characters i mean i've seen parts of scream i didn't see it all it was just big enough in pop culture that somewhere along the way i saw pieces of it new ones coming out in january what number is this gonna be five they're just calling it scream okay but it's number five is it a whole reboot then nope okay it's got nev campbell and courtney cox and so now i know who survived uh, the other and what's his and what's his name david arquette Arquette? yeah good good i'm glad to see arquette working yep he went down his rabbit hole of wrestling. Yeah. And I still need to see that documentary. He danced with the stars, too. Oh. He's one of the few people on that show that you could actually call a star. Right. I always say it should be called Dancing with People You May Have Heard Of. Yeah. 
There's yeah. a Zumba they, they instructor on this year. Oh, Zumba's pretty huge. I'm saying, not a star. <laughs> right, but are, there's more people on the planet who know that, who that person is than know who either of us are, right? <laughs> sure. Not that either, either of us should be on that show. <laughs> I don't like, totally tangent, but when they have like a gymnast, mm-hmm. that doesn't even seem close to fair. These people have studied floor dance routine like... They're going to be able to make the transition to ballroom dancing lickety split. Jojo Siwa is on it this year. Uh huh. She first got known for Dance Moms. She's one of really? the kids on Dance Moms. I knew she was a big she's thing. She's had I didn't know where years she came from. and years exactly. of dance training. Not fair. No, it seemed like the fair. whole point was supposed to be. And she's doing a great job. I'm a regular. Of course she is. Well, of course she is. She's yeah, a classically no, trained it's not dancer. Fair. It's not fair. This is supposed to be, you know, get yeah. Rick Moranis out there. Yeah. He probably knows how to tap it. Nor- well, actually, normally, though. and normally it's. Uh, like Tia Carrera going, well, I had this one tango in that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's the limit of my sure. <laughs> dance experience. Sure. So, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Nothing to do with Scooby-Doo. No. The dancing in it was horrible. I'll no, give but, let's get, Matthew, but yeah. let's get Matthew Lillard on that show. Right. I would love to see that. I would actually <laughs> tune into that show. And they often will do a dance. Often their first dance will be, here's the thing you know me for. Right, right. So he would, I mean, come like, out, I don't watch, he would come out and do a dance, do a jazz dance to Scooby-Doo, where are you? Yeah. See, I don't watch Dance with Stars, but again, I'm aware enough of pop culture yeah. that I know, you know, someone the other day did theirs. It's like, oh, of course they dance into that because that sums up their career. Well, before we go, why don't you lay your deets on us, your uh, socials? Uh, if you liked my speaking voice, you might like my singing voice. It's a little more dramatic, but I do go by the name, the Texacano folk rock punk. You can find me on pretty much all the social medias and streaming platforms out there. Uh, just recently got some new recording gear. So I'm dropping, going to be dropping music pretty consistently, uh, from this point on. So check it out. Uh, Bandcamp's your best link. Cause that's where we get the most percentage of profits, especially if you do the first Friday of every month. For Bandcamp Friday, then it all goes to us. Uh, but you'll be able to find merch there and songs and and the upcoming album. So check it out. You can find links to all of our socials on our Anchor page, Anchor.fm/mmftg, and you can leave us a voice message there, or you can email us at MonsterMovieFunTimeGo@gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. As always, we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go.